Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of Waiting to Be Signed, the show where we reveal the week's events on FX Hash. My name is Will and I'm joined by Trinity. Before we get started, a quick disclaimer. We are here to talk about art, not just the aesthetics, but the money surrounding it, as the market is a key part of FX Hash. That said, nothing we say here should be taken as financial advice. It is just for fun and conversation. You can follow us on Twitter at Waiting to Sign to keep up with our thoughts throughout the week, while Twitter is still a thing. Or for those who prefer visual language, on Instagram at Waiting to Be Signed. And of course, if you are feeling generous, we are always accepting donations, including tokens, to our Tez wallet address, Waiting to Sign Tez. And additionally, you can check out the show notes full of wonderful images and text describing everything that we review on the show on FX text. And if you like those, you can mint those as well to support us, which is much appreciated. So Trinity, you moved. <laughs> How did it go? Well, it took a couple of days, but we got there. It's a nice to be in a different space. I've lived in my old place for five or six years, which I know is like you were at your old spot for like what? Like 25 years? <laughs> yeah, it was a long t- I mean, in your terms, that's forever. So considering we didn't own it, that's a long time to be somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I was doing the math and it's the longest I've lived anywhere since I was about 15. Crazy. Yeah. We were bouncing around New York a lot there for a while, just never staying in one place for more than what, 12 to 18 months. <laughs> yeah. Breaking leases, moving around. Mm-hmm. Fleeing places that didn't have heat in the middle of winter. Yep. Oh, good times. Good times indeed. Well, I feel like we have so much to cover this week. I'm not even going to get into Marvel Snap. I feel like we need to save that for a less big episode because I think we have a lot to talk about because there's okay. like so much nitty gritty to get into with how that game is designed. And I also think that you should check it out just so that we can talk about it. You can really just play it for a half hour and look at it. Is it mobile? It's mobile. Yeah. The okay. PC client is actually like the mobile client and they just scale it weirdly. <laughs> so it's literally the same UI. Like they haven't optimized the game for PC at all. Very mobile first development. Yeah. So check check that out. I'll take a look. I have a baby update for you. Something for you to look forward to or or dread, which is apparently daylight savings is not a thing that babies understand, understand or do well with. And in addition to that, um, Sana got sick for the first time on the day that we moved the clocks. So she was already having trouble, but like basically it's like naps missed, going to bed two hours too early, having to wake them up. It's like so much regression caused by just this one hour, like waking up too early, which is actually not that she's actually doing a good job sleeping late enough. But man, you wouldn't think this hour matters a lot, but it matters okay. a lot. When you have a baby on a regimented schedule of like, we're always napping at this time, we're always eating at this time, introducing that shift really blows it up. Damn. Well, I thought we had criminalized daylight savings time. I think this is the last year we're doing it. But does that mean we set the clocks forward next year? Or is this the natural time we're supposed to be at? I'm not even sure. I don't sure. remember. Um, I, I think it, this is the natural time it's supposed to be at because I remember not liking it. And I hate that it gets dark early because it just screws up everything, right? Like you can't go out after four o'clock. It's just dark. Like, I don't know. I'm not a farmer, so I don't get up early. Like I don't remember there being a vote or a law that we're not going to observe it anymore, but if that's the case, I'm excited because I don't want to do it again next year. I think it was decided by Congress. Hell yeah. They did something. We love the government. I voted. Oh, did you? Yes. I did, did not. Uh, no. I didn't. I mean, I'm new to New Jersey. I'm, I'm, an, I'm registered, but I didn't do any research on the candidates or anything. Especially, I mean, the ones that would have mattered most, the local candidates, where it's kind of hard. Party affiliation is not necessarily enough to make your decision sometimes. So I just didn't do it. Next year, though. It's my first year being a New York resident, officially. So it's my first time voting in a New York election, which is cool. Yes, right. You were you were always voting in Pennsylvania where it actually mattered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn. Why'd you give that up? Did you have to? My driver's license expired, so uh, I needed to get go. a local driver's license. So I went through and did that last year. Bummer. All right. Yeah, that's too bad. Now you vote in a state where it doesn't matter. <laughs> hey, we had to vote for governor. Apparently that was going to be a close race. Who won? Uh, the Democrat. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I mean, that's politics corner <laughs> corner for the week. You want to do the news real quick? Yeah. I mean, we just have a couple of things, you know, maybe we could just first cover interview land. So this past week on Wednesday, we had our very exciting interview with Zeneca and Jamie from Two Board Apes. 
definitely go check that out. It was a really fun conversation. You know, podcasters talking to podcasters. We're two of us. They're two of them. We never met before. You know, it's not like they're artists either where you can kind of like get uh, maybe a little bit of a sense of who they are through their work and some of their other stuff. Like obviously we have listened to their shows from time to time and, and are familiar with their voices, but it was more of just like a casual hangout than an interview, yeah. you know? <laughs> I think it ended up as a good episode though. Yeah. Who doesn't love a casual conversation between friends or new friends, I guess. I really wish we had gotten into some more of like the IP stuff because mm-hmm. I have some really strong opinions on that aspect of like PFPs and, and where NFTs are kind of heading or where people are starting to see the value in those types of NFTs. But we can save that for the next one. Yeah, for sure. Which I, I hope we have them back on. Well, also in interview land, let's save it as a surprise for who we talked to. But there will be a special interview dropping this Wednesday in celebration of the one-year anniversary. It'll be our first returning guest on the show. So that should really narrow the pool of who it might be. We're super excited about that one. We just recorded it yesterday. And I think that's all I'll say about it. I want to be kind of secretive. It was a good one. I'm looking forward to it coming out. And I really hope that you all like it. So look for that on Wednesday in your feeds. And we'll tweet about it probably Monday or Tuesday before it comes out and spoil it. But for right now, anyone listening on Sunday, just get excited. And you have here, I have a, <laughs> what is a, this one? It's like, the, it's like the back page of the news section. And this was that in celebration of FX Hash's one year anniversary, beloved artist and community member Roxanne has resigned from his job to pursue art full time. So if you like bingo, giant steps, unfinished, tick, whatever, there's more coming professionally. Hell yeah. Up to this point, it's, he's just been a hobbyist. So once he's pursuing this full time, we expect great things. The pressure is on. The pressure is on. We haven't seen anything for the one year anniversary from him yet. I would not be surprised if there was a Roxanne drop next week. That would be appropriate. I'm excited to see some more from him on the platform, directly on the platform, not at live events. I want some classic Roxanne drops back on FX Hash. I'm so excited. It's been a while. Unfinished, I guess, was the last one, right? Giant Steps was the last one. It's still been a while. All right. Do you want to do donations? Because I know we have a lot to talk about in terms of the markets this week. Yeah. So um, thank you, everybody who gifted us a, a token. Vessel uh, donated three tokens, Astronomic Comics, New World, and Intertwined. Fojibus, as always, came in with Hope, Collector's Drop. Zorg donated a Reclaiming. Mayno, a Genesis Archetype. NFT for Humans gifted us a Masquerade. And then AJ Burney, Interview, Friend, Tenderer, whatever. We love you, man. Gave us an Industrial Devolution by Peter Pazima. So great week. We appreciate everything that you guys do for us. We feel the love wholeheartedly. Super generous. As always, whenever those crypto noises go off and we see something that's coming to the wallet, it just warms the heart. And now, Trinity, you're also tracking the article sales. So did the guilt trip play out as planned this week? Okay. It worked. <laughs> it worked. Excellent. You saw a slight uptick there? Yeah, there was a good uptick just in um, volume. Not necessarily people reaching up to get the, the higher articles, which is fine. This is not here to be a the waiting to be signed wealth transfer train. You know, it's an article. It's going to be worth a lot someday. Financial advice. Yeah, definitely. Th- that's the one portion of the show that is financial advice. Yeah. Much appreciated, everyone. Thank you. And yeah, on the topic of tokens, a lot was going on with tokens this week. I guess it's all related to the big story in crypto. That Tez is cheap because crypto is crashing again. Is that the the story in crypto, that Tez is cheap? (laughs) Look, you know, the most important thing is that Tez is cheap, but I guess it derives from the fact that FTX, the second or third biggest exchange, depending on how you count it, is all of a sudden insolvent, at least their international arm. Their US arm actually follows, I guess, a stricter regulatory paradigm and is mm-hmm. fully backed and it's not going out of business or at least not now. There's no Yeah, but that's the type of nuance but... that the news cycle doesn't care about. And also it's not their biggest market, right? Like yeah. far more of their business is on their just .com international operating site. So there's something like six to $9 billion in the hole and there's gonna be a lot of contagion. People right now are saying they don't have exposure. They probably do have exposure. It's gonna be similar to the Luna thing. And as a result, 
everything dropped like 20, 30%. We saw Tez go under the dollar for the first time since we've been collecting. And unsurprisingly, a lot of people started collecting <laughs> art, which is what tends to happen when Tez goes down. So what were some of the big sweeps we saw this week? Some of the big sweeps, I think, happened even before everything started tanking, specifically around Kim Masendorf. There was a lot of traction with transactions, reading a book, monogrids. And, you know, I think to an extent, dragons, for sure. A lot of dragon sales happened. Yep. The Kim Asendorf thing was catalyzed by funny guys who we haven't seen. I mean, obviously he's around, but we haven't seen him come in in a big way on any projects, at least on the secondary. He's probably been minting here and there, but he was just sweeping transactions, getting a bunch of monogrids and the FOMO kicked in <laughs> for sure. Transactions is up to a 400 test floor. That's insane. I think I might delisted, I hope. Let me see. I'm scanning. I mean, for I know that that always be listed up here. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, at some point I delisted a lot of my stuff because I didn't need the test at that point, and so my echelon for what it means to get a good enough return changed. Mm -hmm. So I just delisted a bunch and has haven't relisted most of it yet. But love to see that because that project is absolutely fantastic. I think some of the best on the platform. Yeah, and probably my favorite Kim Isendorf on the platform. It's really cool. There's. A lot of great variety to it. Only 20 listed of 320. That's good stats. So that's like 4%-ish. Six and a quarter. It's getting down there. Monograde was the biggest mover in terms of floor. The floor is up to like 1.6K. Only 13 listed of 256. That's really wow. low. And reading a book, that has 1,000 tokens. So that's a big supply. It's down to 45 listed, so under 5%. And a floor of only 170. So I feel like if any are poised to continue to move... It's that one. I mean, the road to like 300 plus floor is pretty thin. I think it'll be interesting to see what's happening with reading a book, partially because it was such an early project that it was put in the hands of so many, like so few people, relatively mm -hmm. speaking. And there was that big group of people who were holding, they sold around probably 40 or 50 Tez, right? Yeah. And so there are a bunch of people holding who bought at 50. It'll be interesting to see like maybe they're happy selling at 150 or so because they're still making like a 3x return on that. So from a market dynamics perspective, I don't necessarily think that it's like quote unquote fully flipped yet. I think there's a lot of room for more to come back onto the market, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm just trying to load up actually the, uh, see what the holder situation looks like on it because it's such an interesting one. But while that's loading, like let's, let's mention that other projects that ran, uh, Marcelo. Marcelo saw a big run this week too. Contras took off. I feel like I was I spent all weekend offline moving, and then yeah. I came back and all of the floor contras were gone and the contra floor had doubled. Yeah, the contra floor is up to one point six k, and I think Jarrah started this one. To be honest, you know, we we were kind of chatting with them on the side, kind of encouraging them and giving them that friendly support they needed to to spend some of their tez on getting a contra finally. And I think they got one in like the what the seven to eight hundred range. Yeah. And all of a sudden, everyone started talking about, oh, look at this one, still under a thousand. This one's so nice. Like, this one's great. And then they just started moving. And here we are 1.6K floor. Only 4% listed. 36 of 773 listed. It's interesting. Like, you know, also another early project, right? Reading a book is Project 86. Contrapuntos is Project 65. So, very early projects. So early. I mean, so I guess it also recently had its one year anniversary, right? Mm -hmm. um, actually, it's one year anniversary is in two days. So the day that this podcast releases on the 13th, if you're listening to this podcast on Sunday, go pick up your a contra, you know, really celebrate its birthday. Here's the reading a book data. Okay. The biggest holder of reading a book is Artoria with 69. After that, it's uh, Pedroff with 28, who's a collector. Can we also, what what's their, uh, how much are they in for? If Artoria has 69, what was their cost basis? Because I think that's the interesting stat when it comes to seeing... All of them minted for 10 Tez. That's really strong belief back when Tez was like $6, I have to say. Pedroff also in with 28 all minted. Kylo has 19. A lot minted, a couple bought on the secondary, some rare pallets bought in the secondary. Yeah. So that's a scenario where Kylo has sold a couple of tokens in this past week. I don't know why. Maybe they're just listed uh, aspirationally and they just ended up getting swept. 
But like, that's a really great scenario where if Kylo minted at 10, it would make sense that if you're looking to liquidate anything, selling those at 150, 160, 170, that's a really great return. Mm-hmm. So not in, not in dollar terms, though. I know not in dollar terms, but one Tez equals one Tez, man. Like thinking about it in terms of Solana terms or like <laughs> Ethereum terms. Like right. we have to be thinking about if people are liquidating because they have to cover off elsewhere within the crypto community, it's not based off of USD, right? We have to do like the math crypto to crypto. Well, when you owe debts, ultimately, it's all going to come down to USD in the end. So if, if yeah. you, anyone who's in the position where they they were levered, I mean, ultimately, there's a dollar denomination or a euro denomination on that. So I don't know. I, I think a lot of people who minted and had that con- conviction are not like looking to move them on this leg up here. Uh, Artoria has like one or two of their 69 listed and they've probably been listed for a while. Yeah. So continuing on the runs, those like, so we saw Eric Swan also kind of run across the board between Farb Teeler, kinetic, kinetic Grams, Designatory, Retrogrades. I would like to take credit for the Retrogrades run. Did you grab a couple? I didn't notice that. People were asking for alpha in price discussion because they missed out on Farbs mm-hmm. and just Retrogrades. You know, I'm not going to tell you how you're going to increase gas because that's my alpha. Learn how to increase gas in your wallet, man. But retrogrades, um, I think at the time it was sitting on a 20 test floor. And I think that got bought up into the 30s. So not a huge run, yeah. but retrogrades is an awesome project. It, it deserves to be seen. And only 36 of 500 listed. So getting close to that 5% mark. I mean, a lot of these projects getting close to 5%, really crazy. The Farb Tealer run, I think, kind of was initiated by Lonely Boy who wasn't necessarily buying them, but kept saying that they were acquired. So I think he was trading for them, posting them like another Farb acquired, another Farb in the Lonely Garden, just like, and all of a sudden... The floor is doubled. And actually the floor piece itself, number 356, is something that should be on the rarer side. It has just two colors in the in the palette. So maybe not something that's for everybody, but definitely is a, a standout yeah. piece when it comes to you know the overall Farb collection. 241, I think, is, is really Sorry, nice. I'm just looking at this project and it's so I like beautiful. that one. 800 Tez for number 241, third from the floor. Only 29 listed of 500, so also approaching that 5% mark. Yeah, when Tez goes down, people go looking for deals and they found them. So Trinity, I don't know if you're aware of this other thing that happened this week on the ETH side because you were moving and also you don't pay attention to it that much. But do you know what a friendship bracelet is? It's something that you make at summer camp with twine. And if you are a noob, you use two strands. If you are slightly better, you use three strands. And then if you are a crafting genius, okay. No, no, go ahead. Where are you going to go with this? No, I, that, that's it. I, I'm really bad at them. So I'm not a crafting genius. So I don't even know what to do with more than three. Well, if you replace summer camp with art blocks and twine with code, there was a project releasing art blocks for free. To anyone, I think, who had a wallet that interacted with Artblocks. So I have minted like two things in Artblocks. And it was made by Mac Tui Tui, Alexis oh, yeah. Andre. So made by Alexis Andre, who released a project, like the Speedburn project on FX Hash a while back. So that's what we know him best for. I begged some ETH uh, off of OTM in Tender to mint mine. Minted them, sent the ETH back, the leftover. And then sold them for a quarter ETH each. So I got a free half an ETH. I converted that to Tez. I converted a bunch of my old shit coins that are way down to Tez. And I have between all those conversions and some sales I've made recently, I have 2,300 Tez. You can't even buy a good Contra with that. I know. So... (laughs) I was a little too late. There was one Contra that I almost pulled the trigger on, the one that people were talking about, number 527, the one that's like very greenish. And I No, I want that one. Well, it's been repriced at 3500 I know. Because myself and other people, I think, were sending trade inquiries to them, none of which got responded to as far as I know, and now it's been repriced. So I I kind of feel like I've missed out. I, I can't go in on Contras. I can't go in on Farbs or anything. I think I just need to sit for a while and wait and see how all of this market craziness shakes out. That's what everybody's going to do though, right? Because also people are waiting on bank transfers to go through or whatever. Maybe not everybody needs to wait the five days. Maybe that's just a New York thing. I don't have to wait anymore in New Jersey. But where do I go with it? Small skulls. 
I looked at them. I thought about it because they are back in that range that I said I would buy in like the 200 to 250 range after I sold. But there's some nice ones near the floor, I have to say. There's some gradients. I don't, know. We, we, I don't need an answer now, but I think okay. we need to think. Just I need you to help me think about this. Okay. Just don't buy anything I want to buy. Okay. Well, I will try. But if anyone wants to DM me on the side too, ideas, I am looking to deploy some of it into art, of course. I want to hold some back for minting. You know, I think that going back in on Takata could be a yeah. good move. I mean, Takata moved a lot this week too. It did. So. I think it had nine sales because it had 9K in transactions this week. Yeah, it's up to 1.1K floor, under 10% listed now. Aren't you glad you minted too? <laughs> I am. I still wish yeah. I bought when the uh, floor was below mint price. I know. It's insane that people let the floor go below mint on this one. I don't know. I, I think that it's something that you could diversify as well. Takata, Ethereal Microcosm, that comes to mind even though. Oh, yeah. If there's a good one, I would probably snatch that up. My thinking also is like on offers because mm-hmm. what might happen is like typically when we see a lot of runs, the inventory gets low, but then people see higher floors as they re-engage to the platform. They might get listed, but they've missed the run. And so then their projects are going to be sitting there and there might be a little bit of undercutting. Like I do expect there to be some retracement on these floors as new pieces come on the market. Are those people who are listing anew going to be open to taking an offer, right? Like, yeah. Is maybe that something like that the play? So that's kind of where my thinking is at right now. I just don't know which project. Like I, you know, I've been saying I want a contra. I could technically afford a floor contra right now. It would eat up a lot of my liquidity. Mm-hmm. It's tempting though. Yeah, I'm just trying to look through the icons list actually to see if anything big comes to mind. But you know, that we can have that conversation another day. Maybe we can we'll figure something out. And for anyone listening, you know, keep a an eye out for my wallet in the sales feed. You'll maybe you'll see what I decided on this week. But I'm I'm also not opposed to waiting. I'm going to try to have patience with this. I've already held off on you know I could have grabbed that one contra and I didn't do it. I want to be disciplined and be smart about it. So we'll see. Well, congrats on having the optionality at the very least. It'll be really exciting to kind of see what happens. And maybe if you make some big buys this week, we can talk about what you picked up and you know, some of the rationale behind that next week. And thanks, thanks to uh, Mac for the friendship bracelets, and thanks to OTM for the for floating me the 0.05 ETH to to mint them. That's what kind of got this all. I mean, that was just a lot of free Tez. Hopefully, I don't regret selling those friendship bracelets. But there's like thirty thousand of them, and I know some people are hoarding them. Yeah, actually, I know what you should do based off of my previous alpha is just to soup the floor on retrogrades. Yeah, that would be like a good use of a hundred ish Tez, right? The good use of 2300, Tess. Okay, I'm not going <laughs> to buy all the retrogrades. All right, should we move on to some of the projects of the week? There was yeah. some work that came out this week in addition to the runs. There's some fun stuff. Yeah, it was a slower week for the most part, at least in terms of market. A lot of the secondary was focused on you know, a lot of the beta pieces, but we have a couple of things to talk about. Do you want to talk about your favorite first? Sure. So my favorite of the week, this is such a serendipitous event, right? Last week, we mentioned in passing that we hadn't seen anything from Quentin Hook D in quite a while. I wonder what's going on with him. And then this week, kind of out of nowhere, Floating Medusa's dropped. It was 144 editions, only two Tez. A nice slow mint. Maybe there's a lot of newer people at the platform who don't remember Quentin from his work in the beta days. And he was kind of just like always putting out a cool project every week or two, usually on the animated side. This one is a still piece very like design oriented i would mm-hmm. say really fun great use of color great use of texture very minimal and i minted four or five of them i posted about it in the tender discord yeah i minted four and it minted out over a couple hours and i think they look great they're so fun i think they're awesome 100 percent. i know that quentin put out a project called medusa way back when and that is an animated piece and you know it was right after coming off the like the success of Rio and Sienna, but this one, it's, I like it more. It's very like a silk screeny. These are the types that look like they would make for great prints. You don't necessarily have to make them super big either. Like I just think they'd be nice as like tiny little prints. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. What was the piece? I think it was meditation. That was the piece that blew up. Like galaxy went heavy into meditation when it came out. It has a highest secondary sale of 69, which was really high at the time considering the price of Tez. Floor is still 16 on that one. So Quentin, you know, has a history on the platform. 
Floating Medusas is still pretty approachable. You know, Flores 5 Tez, technically that's two and a half X mint, but still super affordable. Lots of fun ones to be found here. Just really mostly want to mention it because it's cool that Quentin's back. And I really like this direction from them. I think this is just, I love the colors. I love the design. Kind of like a perfect small drop. Did you get any, Trinity? I did not get any floating Medusas because I was moving. Not even on the secondary? Are you thinking about it? No, you know me. I don't buy things on the secondary that much. That's true. That's true. So well, I might have to buy one and gift it for you since I have so much Tez right now. We'll see. Maybe I'll follow it um, and just, you know, continually check the floor price. I mean, they could come back down a little bit. I mean, not that they're expensive, but they could come back down. You want to talk about your favorite? Yeah. My favorite this week was Royal by FX hash OG killed by a pixel. This was a 222 edition project with a Dutch auction that started at 33 and went down to 11, which is where it minted out over the course of, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 blocks. It wasn't too slow, not too fast. Royal, I think, is just a really fantastic project from Killed by a Pixel, really on theme with you know some of the abstract work that we've been seeing so far. The way that it constructs is just super cool. It reminds me of Walk in the Park by Baladani, just the way that it, it draws. It's also similar to how Designatory by Eric Swan also draws. And mm. so between that and, you know, like the borders are very CHX1-like by Thomas Noya. Like, I just think that this is fantastic and it is really, really perplexing to me why nobody else seems to think so, at least from a market perspective. I minted four. Three of mine were green, uh, which was kind of, uh, but there's just so much depth to this project, I think. Yeah, I agree. I I really liked this one. We were both looking at it while it was in the queue, playing with variations and finding a lot of cool colors and, and also like patterns. And I found one that was like really nice rainbow triangles that unfortunately I didn't mint one like that. Of my three, I got two very green ones as well. Green is kind of like a kill by a pixel color though. Like kind of that yeah. neon green thing. Like that's just like kind slightly of- toxic in a way. Always. Yeah. And you see it throughout a lot of his work. But my favorite was number 48 that I got, which is like an icy blue. Uh, the palette's called Stormy with a nice mm-hmm. gold border. Really happy with it. I listed my two green ones. Aspirational pricing, though. I mean, the floor is around 13 right now. I listed mine in like the 40 range because I still like them. I'm not trying to move them. But you're listing to cover. I did the same thing as well with yeah. one of mine. Um, listed to cover the cost of four. It's a great project. I mean, it's just super cool. It's also been a while since we saw anything from Killed by a Pixel here. I think the last project was back in July, Gradient Ascent, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know what they've been busy with. Maybe they've got other projects like non-art or what, but I like this new direction from them, You know, yeah. like this, this focus. They have a lot of different stuff on the platform. I mean, if you look through their whole catalog, like it's kind of, other than the green, the neon green thing, it's it's hard to find a consistent through line to their work. Everything is always so different. Yeah. I mean, I still love uh, Barafuraiko so much. I actually went through and played a couple of rounds of that yesterday. For those who don't know, that is Killed by Pixels, like Galaga Space Invaders type game where it's just fully interactive and it's just so much fun. Uh, I don't know if we talked about it on the show yet, but We've talked about it in cool. the past for sure, but it, you'd have to go back quite a ways in episodes to when we last talked about it. Yeah, that one was only 64 editions when it came out and how much was it to mint? Nine Tez at the time, which was kind of expensive. I minted one uh, when it came out, but I later sold it when I needed some liquidity, like in the 20s. I mean, for a floor of 35, that's like a really unique project on the platform to, mm-hmm. to hold. Like, yeah, I think that Frank Force, aka Killed by a Pixel, I feel like his trajectory is really interesting because as you said, everything is so different, but almost everything is like really high quality. Some of there have been a couple of standouts like Dithered Branches did really, really well. Astronomic Comics had a huge moment. I'm still a huge Divide by Circle fan, even though that project hasn't done what I hoped it would do on the secondary. I just thought that that project, I mean, I still think that project looks fantastic and I'm waiting for people to go back and rediscover it because it's so cool. <laughs> I know. Like, I just feel like for whatever reason, like there's some sort of message out there that says, don't buy Frank's work. You know, obviously that's not what people are saying, of course. That's not what you're saying. (laughs) That's not what I'm saying. But like in terms of 
the quality, the effort, the aesthetics even, it just seems so undervalued in comparison to other projects that get sold and then yeah. just go up. Like Royal is only 202 editions or 222 editions, right? Which is really not that big for something in the market today. Yeah. You know, it's not trying to support 500, 600. And we see projects like that that then do blow up on the secondary. So it's just really fascinating to me why nobody seems to latch on. I don't know. I don't want to turn this into like an artist brand thing, but I think people are conscious of that, right? And sometimes a piece can come out and it can be really cool. And if the artist doesn't have a rep reputation of like carrying three digit floors, then people don't. Yeah, but pile in. Tyler T. Boswell didn't have that reputation before September came out. No, the previous project had hit a three-figure floor. Okay. Tyler never had, I think, projects that failed to mint out or like minted out and went severely under mint. Like we never talked about this project when it came out, but Auto Park mm -hmm. was a 500 editions minted out at 25. The floor is nine now. But this is not like a disparagement on Frank. This is just like a public perception thing, right? Like maybe why? Yeah, but this still, like I think that getting in on a mint in order to speculate and flip. That's a thing where you might take a second chance or you might not look again if you've gotten quote unquote burned before. Whereas if I'm a collector who's looking to buy really cool work, I don't care about getting burned. You know, I'm buying the things that I like. And so it's interesting to me that the collectors who are often the exit liquidity for the flippers, why they're not going in at these really low prices. Yeah. Unless they're thinking about the, like the longer term trajectory. But we know that from some of our conversations, aka with Carpe Diem, with Le Mans 2D, you know, they're not necessarily looking to sell. Or if they're not, looking not to sell, while. it's on such a long enough time horizon that nobody knows what the artist trajectory will be like in 5, 10, 30 years. Should I sweep Antiflow <laughs> with some of my Tez? I was looking at Antiflow right now, which is the collaboration with I, Ryan Bell who is obviously I, Ryan Bell. And the floor on this project is 27, but there's some really nice pieces in there. Like this project is actually really freaking cool. I like this one. We actually saw a couple sell this week. Oh, really? Amazing. Like even just looking at Antiflow, like 332, it's so cool, like both to animate and to look at the final output. Such a wild one. Yeah, I mean, the entire project is really wild. You know, there's so much like variety throughout. It's weird. It's so weird, but in a good way. I mean, look, like I'm in general in agreement with you on like I think Frank's work is really cool. I think it's unfortunate that the market doesn't follow it as often. I can also understand because there's hits and misses. And so you kind of never know. Like in your heart, you might go like, oh, Royal's a hit. Like I think we both thought Royal was going to be a hit. Yeah. But you never know how many people like were like, oh, well, I tried, I tried Auto Park or I tried Chaos Plot and it didn't even mint, mint out. You know, like people just have biases. Yeah. That's it. But I, I do think that this is one that really deserves a second look. Yeah. Everyone go check it out. Anyway, that was my favorite for the week. Yeah. yeah. It's a great one. And let's move on to the top five, which is a top two. What is the number one project this week, Trinity? Asekia, the collaboration between Richpool and the Paper Crane, 343 editions, a Dutch auction that minted out at 100 Tez. And this was a project that we had talked about in our looking ahead section last week. And now that we have the full suite of mints out there, what do you think? I still like this project a lot. First of all, kudos to us. We nailed it as where it was going to go in the Dutch auction. I think we said 100 or 80. We are very smart. Yes. We picked it perfectly. The comparison that I wanted to make with this piece and then I saw someone else make it. I'm not stealing their comparison, but I get bent vibes mm -hmm. from this. If you know the Ipsketch piece on art blocks. I just love the geometry of this. I love the patterning. I love the colors. I minted a really dramatic dark purple one that was really zoomed in. I like the really zoomed in ones a lot. You actually minted? Nice. I minted. Yeah, I minted. I was watching it closely. At the time, I only had like 300-ish Tez and I was like, okay. I tried to mint two. I missed on the second one because I just thought, you know, I know that their last collab is really strongly held. Obviously, we talked to Carpe Diem and a paper grain in particular was one of the artists that they talked about just really being obsessed with and how much they liked miniscapes. So it's like, okay, I know that there's a lot of interest in this piece. I also happen to personally like the piece a lot from the iterations that I was able to see. I have, however, sold. It sold last night. I'm sorry. And also congratulations. I've listed it for 225 and I saw a lot of people basically 
buying above me and below me and never buying mine. So I kind of thought maybe my Mint wasn't that good. No one was going to buy it. <laughs> uh, but finally, the floor just caught up to it overnight. So this piece has had a lot of action, a ton of volume, 45,000 Tez and secondary sales over what, three days? Which is And insane. it's not even really that close to 100% listed. There's some that just still no. haven't even hit the market. So it's not even fully flipped yet. What's your take on this piece? I think it's a really cool project. I think that it's really tastefully constructed. The paper crane worked really hard to, you know, craft all of the palettes, for example, to make sure that they work together. There was a really good tweet about it in just terms of, you know, how they collaborated, you know, all the complex math that went into this project. And I think that, you know, all of that fine tuning and the dedicated attention to detail really paid off. I think that this project just nailed it, just in terms of the colors, the fact that some of them, such as like number nine, you know, like they have that hollow look in a way. Mm -hmm. And then like that CMKY palette, which is I think number 18, for example. I don't know, it, it is really beautiful to look at. I think that it's even better than Miniscapes, if you ask me. For me, just like there's something about the geometry of this that's so appealing for my aesthetic and just like for my brain. It's a very left brain piece of art, harkening back to our episode with the two board apes guys. Like it just really hits in a certain way. It's a little bittersweet selling. You know, it's great to double up in Tez, but um, at the same time, I wish I had a little more liquidity in the moment to have more confidently or, or you know, minted earlier to get two or three so I could have held one more permanently into my collection. And, and at this point, I feel like the trajectory. You would have expected it to turn over and start undercutting and going down. I, I feel like it's not going to. If anything, I think we just saw overnight also like the biggest sale of over a thousand Tez. Wow. So people are reaching up and getting ones they like. So probably I'll be regretting this sale in a week or so, but it is what it is, right? No regrets. You can't have regrets. It'll be interesting to see how this does long-term. Maybe there's a chance for you to buy back in if that's something that you feel like doing, especially... If you buy back in with more very cheap Tez, it's really satisfying. I agree with you. And um, some of them, I'm looking at specifically number 120. It's so different from the other ones. Most of them have like that very chaotic staircase MC Escher type feel. Number 120, it's just smooth lines. The fact that there's enough space in the algorithm to really produce that sort of output, it is very satisfying and mm. just awe-inspiring. And you can see that one in the show notes. <laughs> yes. I'll say the uh, only palette that surprisingly I don't like is like the kind of green electronic-y looking one. Everything else I really enjoy, but there's something about, what's this palette called? Monitor, right? Monitor, so it's like yeah. an old, yeah, I don't know. It takes me away from some of like the, the quote unquote like realism of the piece, but it's pretty rare, 2%. So you know, I guess it's more of a novelty. Do you feel that same way about the blueprint palette? Because I think that one is really cool, but it's still like the oh, same I'm overall sure effect. I've seen that one. Oh yeah, okay. It's so like number one twenty-five. Mm -hmm. I think it's super clean. Interesting. Yeah, one point five percent. That one's really rare. Okay. Yeah. No, those are really cool. I like. I like those. They don't. They don't take me out of the universe as much as uh, on the monitor palette. But that's a that's a very minor nit. Yeah. yeah, I think the next step for them to do is to partner up with Killed by a Pixel and then make a, a Sekia, like marble game type of thing that's interactive. Oh, Marble Madness? Something like that. Not necessarily yeah. Marble Madness, but something where it's there's the interaction. This is more like a Qbert style right. of. I didn't um, have a computer when I was a kid, so I missed out on all of those things. Qbert was before even me. You had to be in the arcades in the 80s, and I was too young. Sometimes you can still find old Qbert machines at like barcades and stuff now. Great project. Happy to have minted it. Medium happy on selling. Just, and for me, right? Like I usually don't like these types of projects as, as you noted. And I really like this one. So they, they got me. They got me big time. Rich. I nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we need to move on to the next one because I have some thoughts on this one. All right. So what is this next one that we have? It's the second best performing project that came out this week. So this is Imperium by an artist slash personality called Mr. Mallory. It was 768 editions, one Tez, 
I believe it was entirely reserved. It was not entirely reserved. There were 40 public slots. So almost entirely. Almost entirely reserved. Did you follow this project much before it came out? It actually, Zeneca, I think, mentioned it to us. I don't know if he mentioned it in the show or he mentioned it before the show or after. But I think this is someone he knows. This is like a Moonbird person. They have over 10,000 followers on Twitter. So they were like a known crypto personality and entity before they're not just a personality they actually have a site that's there to help track ethereum nft projects gotcha and so there's also a product involved you know i I think that mr mallory's twitter account is also the twitter account for that product and so it's like very intertwined so you're right yeah yeah lots of tweets about like what's moved up what's moved down i heard about this project from abstractment also he mentioned it so there's a little bit of a similar like uh, mm-hmm. Clue Crew model here, but you have to own seven of them. And to get on the allow list, there was like a whole like Twitter, retweet this, tag three friends, paste your wallet, maybe you'll win a spot. I mean, I despise that type of thing. Like I get it. It makes sense. But that's like a weird PFP project shit right. in my mind. That's what I really, I mean, this project, I don't dislike it aesthetically. I mean- I think we've seen like projects that look like this on the platform. Yeah, there's a lot of projects that look like this on the platform. This is a really nicely executed one. The palettes are really tasteful. Like it looks good. I really don't like the model. I don't like how shilly it is. I don't like the promotion. I mean, and we're we're two people who often tell artists like you need to market yourselves more. This is not what we mean. <laughs> this is not what we mean by what we mean is like talk about your art, engage with people, like give us the story behind it, like. Don't just unceremoniously drop it and expect people to figure it out. Like we want to know more about you as the artist. We want to know more about your work and what's going on here. We don't want to retweet and tag three friends and hope to get a reserve list. Interestingly, though, it does seem like they brought some people over on ETH, right? Like in Moonbirds and stuff. A lot of people who are in the Imperium Syndicate, you know, they're not wallets that I know. I'm looking through the list of people who hold at least seven, it's basically Abstract Mint and Zeneca. And maybe one other person that is a big collector over on FX Hash. But everybody else, it's basically a brand new name, at least to me. Yeah. I kind of expect the trajectory here to be similar to what we've seen with other like projects that do this, where it's like heavily gated on the first drop, right? We saw it for iterations, saw it for Sketch A. I guess we've seen it a little bit with Clue to an extent. The most mm-hmm. valuable piece is the first piece. And then everyone who's in is in. And everyone else who's out feels a little excluded and the secondary market on the follow-ups tend to be suppressed because it's like, well, I didn't get the reserve list or I didn't get in the beginning. So I'm kind of checked out on it. I think this is another data point for us to follow. It's stated that there's like several more pieces projects to come, right? So the other part that's interesting is if you look at Mr. Mallory's collection, it is 48 Imperiums and then a tender pass that was gifted from Zeneca at the end of October. So it looks like maybe Mr. Mallory is new to Tez, first of all, definitely new to FX Hash, and has also stated through like the Imperium Syndicate that there should be at least three more FX Hash projects to come out. So in terms of getting that crossover, I think it can be definitely a good thing. Yeah, I hope a lot of the people who are coming over explore other projects and don't just collect only this work. I'm curious kind of why they chose FX Hash. Over what? I mean, where else are you supposed to release a generative art project? Uh, There's got to be other ways to... Solana? You can do it on Solana. No, I mean on ETH. Like, There's got to be options other than art blocks that are more open, right? Or they could have done something on Polygon. Yeah, but nothing I feel like has enough as big of a a name. Like FX Ash is where anybody can come and be part of a really amazing community. And there's no restrictions, just fully open. I mean, I don't know. How do you feel about this? I mean, the piece, do you agree? Like the piece is not bad. You know, it's following like classic generative art, stapley algorithm things. That's where we've seen this like before. There are a lot of standards mm-hmm. in generative art, like Trisha tiles, for example. And so I think that this really does play along that same thing. And the variety in here is really wide, really excellent. The palettes are good. Some of like the ones that especially have more of that pinkish look, they do remind me of Repeater, I think. Oh, yeah. I see some Repeater in colors. Yeah, yeah. in colors. And, mm-hmm. you know, in some of the structures, like the ones that are slightly more angled, obviously it's very different from repeaters but it scratches the same geometric itch that repeater might do some of the minimal ones are really good i saw one that was like almost just like a line drawing and it looked like a el tono mm-hmm. piece um 726 is the one that i'm looking at right now it's like black and white yeah no that's exactly the type that i mean 
right? That doesn't that it feels very Altono. I mean, and I say that in a good way, right? Like I think there's a lot of stuff to like about this project that's has nothing to do with how it was distributed or how it's being marketed. The other one is six thirty seven. Yeah. Six thirty seven looks so Altono. Last project they did of beta called Divisio X. I'm kind of torn because I think the story here is this is someone who's like new to generative art, getting into it. They've clearly put a lot of work into studying the form. They found great color palettes. They executed on the code side. And I'm just so absolutely turned off by the marketing aspect of it that I'm I'm interested to observe it, but I'm not interested to collect it or be a part of it. It's not about the piece. It's about like everything surrounding it. Mm. Mr. Mallory reserved 48 for himself. And before minting his 48, he reduced the price to zero. But the price is one, right? Yeah, I know. But like, here's a platform that's enabling you to execute this sort of project and you're basically skirting it. You'll lose 0.05 Tez per mint. I mean, one Tez, zero Tez. So what? It costs FX hash like two or three Tez in platform fees. I know. But again, it's you're also just only paying two to three Tez in platform fees. Yeah, you might as well have just paid it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think it's um, weird min-maxi optics. So that's yeah. all. It's certainly not, it's not a point in like the, I like this column, <laughs> right? I, no. I don't know. It's kind of like, to, it just doesn't feel organic to me when you promote things like that. And I also saw him tweeting, someone of course had found a way to get around the giveaway and accumulated more than seven. And now they're punishing that person by not putting them on the on the airdrop list, which is kind of weird because they didn't design their allow list right. And they ended up, you know, if you're going to play this marketing game, you need to play it right. You can't just now punish someone after the fact because of a mistake you made and- I didn't see that tweet. Uh, yeah, but. I was just looking through it while you were disconnected, <laughs> scrolling through their Twitter. And man, I think there's been hundreds of tweets and retweets since they released a project of them. I mean, they are marketing the hell out of this. Like, this must be a, unless you're a huge fan of this, I don't, you probably muted this account by now because <laughs> all you're seeing is Imperium stuff from it. Again, I'm really happy to see anything that'll help bring more people over from ETH. Not totally. sad about that at all. And it'll be interesting to see if some of these collectors stay on the platform and collect other stuff. Like I would love to see Mr. Mallory collect more stuff on FX Hash. When you run these contests and people get the airdrops, okay, so now people are just going to sit and they're going to get their airdrops and what are they going to do with them? Like I'm not sure how many people have all seven or have a full set to get airdrops in the future. But now for future releases, like if there's no airdrop associated or no membership associated with owning them, are people who didn't get on the allow list the first time going to pile in and buy these? Like, I'm really curious to see what the performance is like and what the pricing is like on their subsequent pieces too. And the addition sizing, that sort of thing. So outside of Mr. Mallory, there are 21 people in the Imperium Syndicate as of right now. And many of them only have Mr. Mallory in their wallet. So collect more folks. You're here already. Just keep the train going. Only 21 people. I like there was so much secondary volume and yet only 21 people accrued the seven they needed. So like, what are the other holders doing with theirs? How many are A listed? lot of people are sitting on six. That's awkward. Or maybe they're waiting for the next one to be announced before they buy the seventh. The floor is 22. There hasn't been that much turnover. People are holding. People are holding without having the rights to... Maybe maybe there's like bonuses conferred to holding less. I don't know. I haven't read through all their documentation. So maybe there's something, some reason to hold less than seven. Not clear. We'll find out. But yeah, so... Those are the two projects that hit the top 15 for this week. And then we have some number of shout outs to go through. Can I start with Geldute, who's finally back after yes. a really long time away with a project called Simulated Reality, 200 editions, five Tez. And the uh, description here is, why can't I escape a reference to the fact that Geldute is still making these really cool 3D boxy design driven projects. I really like this one. I think this is the best one so far. Yeah, there's something about the texture to these. Like there's like a fuzziness. I also kind of like there's like heat sinks. It's like kind of being inside a computer. Yeah. I like that it's not actually fully 3D. It's picking a camera angle and kind of locking you in. It's just a really cool piece. I minted three of them. I kind of plugged it in the tender discord. I was like, gel dudes back, everyone. It, it did mint out eventually over time. It minted out before I could get back to my computer, unfortunately. I would have picked up a couple. I can send one to you. I think the last piece we saw from Geldute was January 15th. Tranquility Delta. Yeah, Tranquility Delta, which failed to mint out at 25 Tez. That was a really big project, you know, just in terms of it being like camera angles, moving yeah. through space. Honestly, that might be the best project. I don't know. Probably is. I mean, I still have a soft spot for interactions 
the SVG mm-hmm. plottable piece. I think that piece is wildly cool. We saw one or two of them sell this week, actually, which was interesting. I just think that piece is fantastic. I'm intrigued by their 3D stuff. You know, they have some stuff like this also on art blocks. We talked about them a lot in the early days of the show as like an mm-hmm. artist that kind of could blow up because they have some pedigree over there. Like some of their older work is held by big collectors, like Metaversal holds a lot of their earlier work on FX Hash. It's just cool to see them back. I'm, I mm-hmm. hope that they're doing well. Like uh, it was a big surprise and I'm glad to have minted a couple of them. They look great. I think they look great. And yeah, like this is really similar style to a lot of the work that has been released on Artblock. So if you're priced out there, then honestly, this is just the best way to get exposure really cheaply. The floor is still very approachable. What's the next shout out? My first shout out is Departure Within Shattered Windmills by Eric Davidson, a 400 edition to Tez Mint that really flew with some amounts of gas being incorporated. And we talked about this last week in our looking ahead section. Now that we've seen all of the outputs, I still think that it's really awesome with those, um, like the postcard Sara vibes. I thought that it kind of gives me some of the signatory vibes actually within the, the ones that are just two-tone. Mm-hmm. And this one, I think, got very, very heavily targeted and flipped. Three and a half test floor. And that's after, by the way, as we were recording, Carpe Diem did a big sweep on this. So the floor is still only 350 after another big sweep. Yeah, 163 sold, 183 still listed. I tried to mint. I failed. I was one minute too oh. late. I was unlocking my ledger. And by the time I processed the transaction, it was like, it's done. It was probably gone in like two blocks, three blocks. I was able to get four. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was nice. at my computer, engaged online. I guessed half a Tez for each one, which probably helped. I think that this project is really great. And, you know, Eric Davidson, his previous work, especially Cord Unknown and Across Paper Stones, was really heavily allotted. What do you think about this in comparison to Across Paper Stones? I like this overall better. I've seen some, peop- some people who prefer paper stones. To me, I think this is a little more consistent. Mm -hmm. Some of the paper stones iterations just don't do it for me. They're just too jumbled and they just come off as like, just too random. You know, I like the the more structured ones. I like the one I bought was a more structured one. But here I feel like the randomness pays off in a way that it doesn't pay off in paper stones. Like, and maybe this is just because I'm an Ismahelio fan and it reminds me of some of that stuff uh, in particular. But I like the colors here a lot. I'm looking at one right now close to the floor that I'm going to buy, actually, as we're talking. Because I, I totally missed this one? one. And they're still so affordable, uh, number 117. I just think the colors are really nice on it. I'm also just so surprised that, considering they just had an Artblocks release, that this is still so affordable. <laughs> you know, that people haven't come in and swept it up. It's actually insane to me. I, I feel like I'm a crazy person. Because like the two projects that I really liked and went in on, which was this and Royal... Nobody else likes them. Why? <laughs> I like them. They're just not they're just not pumping. Yeah. We didn't I, talk I about that. it in the sweep section, but there was someone who had a pump this week, I think largely off of the back of an Artblocks project that just dropped or is about to drop, which is Lost Pixel. Their old project from back in January, oh, yeah. scaling systems that at the time was I think one of like the most historically worst performing projects in the platform. It was like a 20 Tez mint, got horribly flipped. It has a lowest sale of 5 Tez. It was under mint even as of two days ago, and people finally rediscovered it. And I think the floor is up into like the 60s now. It's crazy. It just goes to show like the art blocks thing, like as interesting as that dynamic is, like you can never predict like who's going to release an art blocks or an Ethereum and then have crossover success here or have it kind of lift their floors on projects here. But I don't know. I'm kind of a believer in Eric. Same. Medium to long term. And at these prices, it's like you can't be mad. No, you can't be mad. It's still so so available, so accessible. I think it's something that it's worth maybe getting a few just to hedge. Because I think that Eric's trajectory has also been really great in terms of each project getting better. And even like the first FX project, Court Unknown, that was something that we really liked. We talked about it on this show. Maybe I need to go back and look at some of those. We have one last shout out here. And that is Bleached by Kunio Okuizumi, who has had a number of projects on the platform. Some have been more successful than others. Most recently, Momentum, which ended up getting burned down to 101. Prior to that was Paper Shop and Vacumvia, both of which mm-hmm. did pretty well. Uh, minted yeah. out, you know, they had good secondary action. Yeah, Bleached was 256 editions, 15 Tez. 
a really cool looking project. I didn't, I didn't mint it. I decided I was going to kind of watch it from the side, but I like the aesthetic of it a lot. I, I don't know. I'm not really sure exactly what to say about it because I didn't mint it, but why don't you continue? What do you like about this one? I like the textures. I like the palettes. I, I like the composition of a lot of the pieces. And also, holy hell, as of the time of this recording, there are a ton of pieces that are half mint or lower. So if you wanted to pick some up, now could be a good time to go for it. Wow, yeah. Hugely flipped project, uh, 134 for sale, only 37 sales. Lowest second sale of 3.3 Tez. Jeez. It was through an offer. You kind of hate to see it. This artist hasn't seen huge success, right? At least not on the secondary. No, but when you look at the thumbnail... It looks like a piece that's going to get flipped. Yeah, that was one of the reasons I kind of had it as a, as a what like a wait and see. I liked it enough that I would have minted, but fifteen tez, I was really worried at this kind of scenario happening. And now, like for example, like if I wanted to, like number one twenty two is listed at half mint, and this one just looks awesome. I might just actually buy it right now. <laughs> just looks really cool. It's one of those things where I wish I could like crystallize it, but sometimes don't you get it now after we've been doing this for almost a year? the show like we're so plugged Mm -hmm. in like don't you just get these gut feelings sometimes that are right 70 percent of the time like this one's going to be flipped i'm not going to mint even though i like it or i don't know i feel like i feel like i have this sense sometimes (laughs) i think that's where one of the other things that we've been learning a lot this adage doesn't always play out as you might think is that really by artists and not art if that makes sense you know, sometimes you have to take a flyer on somebody that's relatively unknown because it's going to be, because it is that good. But, you know, despite this artist having multiple good projects, maybe there isn't the same amount of engagement or nothing that's really taken off. I know that like with Paper Shop, especially, there was some disgruntledness around it looking too much like Yezid's art blocks drop. I remember that, but I think it was acknowledged on Twitter as like being influenced and Yazid signed off on it. Momentum um, being like the Andreas Rao project. Yeah, that was the comparison we made. I don't know if anyone made it other than us. <laughs> I bought that one that I just mentioned, but I agree. Like you can take the wait and see approach, but then you also miss the upside. Of all their projects, I like Bleach the best. I think it looks awesome. So it's very evocative. It's really fun. It is kind of like um, a vapor trails in some way, just only in reference to like the vertical lines that go down the page. It's like a matte version of. Um, Vapor trails hmm. in some respects. Interesting comparison. Yeah. These are long shout outs that we're doing here. <laughs> well, we didn't have, we only had two projects. So <laughs> should we uh, move on to what we're looking ahead to and wrap the episode? Let's do that. Okay. Landlines put out a tweet with a very different looking piece that they just titled gradients here. Not, I know that they put up a piece, uh, an iteration of this on Versum. So I don't know if this is actually going to be a long form release, but it's looking very cool. It's Agreed. a little contrapunto-ish, but much more structured, right? It's very, maybe it's closer to like an Ip sketch type of design-oriented piece. The I grid. really like the look of it. Yeah, just the grid with colors. We're Landlines fans. I don't think we'd say much more about it. I love the colors, as per usual. And then what's coming next week? It's a big week next Oof. week. Yeah, next week is the FX Hash Anniversary Projects. We're going to see the first one coming out soon. The Mark Knoll project is dropping later today. Yeah, I guess. Did he not get the memo that you're supposed to drop it next week? <laughs> I don't know. This week, next week, um, it's all good. These are all projects that are 365 editions, one Tez with a split. I thought maybe all the money was supposed to go to You can only charity. put 99% to charity. Mark's doing a 50-50 split here. Okay. But his project's called One. That one's releasing as soon as this episode is over. But then there's a bunch of other ones in the queue. Like we've got Jerome Pizza Punk, Rich Poole, Pixel Wank, Pruns, Kusamahawa, and Laurent Hudard all have pieces up. I expect a lot of gas wars next week. Yeah. It's actually kind of surprising that they would go with this this route because it's very clear that validators are going to get paid. For sure. We'll see, right? I guess we'll see what happens. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe there won't be so much uh, gas, but it does seem like it's a little bit setting up this whole promotion for disaster to restrict people to one Tez, especially the Tez being so cheap right now. Yeah, I think it feels like it was a little bit of a hasty decision to put that restriction on there and just... Yeah. I love the sentiment behind it because you know it feels so much like the FX hash early days, but with Tez so cheap, as you said. And with the artist involved. Yeah. Because it's like, A, the artist is putting work onto the platform without being able to realize any profit. 
And if it's work that's just kind of a sketch type of thing for them, it also has the ability to dilute their their portfolio. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a little awkward, but let's see how it plays out. I'm sure we'll be oh, talking about it a lot next week. Oh, I'm looking forward to that so much. You got to make sure you get your internet fixed so that you can mint. I'll yell at Verizon. That's kind of it. I think that wraps it for the week. Super excited about the interview that we're dropping next week. Follow us on Twitter, assuming Twitter is still around next week to hear more details about that. You'll, next week, you'll be able to follow us on Mastodon. We'll oh, figure God. it out. You're going to figure it out. I have no idea. Maybe we'll record a special Marvel Snap episode. It's it's fascinating, Trinity. The way that they did the monetization and the collection for it is really fascinating. I really want your takes on it because I know you think about user experience and stuff a lot. I think it'll get your brain working. The next you FX know? text article will be a end-to-end evaluation of Marvel Snap. Go for it. I mean, it's Ben Brode, creative Hearthstone. So Great game. You, you love Hearthstone. Almost destroyed my marriage. Great game. <laughs> Great game. That's how good it is. 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> but not do again. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel good? Should we wrap it? Let's wrap it. We're coming up on our own one-year anniversary. We are. You you may may or may not be here for it. <laughs> I'll, I'll make a special exception. We'll figure that out. All right. Well, that's it for this one, everyone. Thank you, as always, for listening. And thank you for your continued support. Check out the FX text article. Mint if you like it. That's it for this one. We'll see you all next week. Later. <laughs>